What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Tuesday show here with the Heavy Pour. I'm here with Henry. What's up, Hen? Not a whole lot, man. Just hanging out. How about you? Uh, I'm just ready to talk college football. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. Big college football, guys. Absolutely. Game day Saturdays are different. No, they really are. Uh, there's nothing like that anticipation, that uh, the nerves going, at least for me, especially when I was a kid and like up through high school. And even till now, I still get I still get nervous before pregame kickoffs mainly just like big games um but as we all know in college football anything can happen oh absolutely and it's like one loss can derail your entire season too in college football i know that's the beauty of the parody is like the the week by week just anticipation that's why like i enjoy it more than the nfl in that aspect because i mean you can lose five games and still win the super bowl you can't lose five games (laughs) in college football you can't go seven and five and compete for a title (laughs) You're barely in bull contention. Yeah, that. yeah. Need six wins. Yeah, you're barely in. Yeah, no, not great. But uh, there's no surprise that you are an LSU fan. Correct. I know that tr- through and through. So uh, where does that come from? You know, I think most people know by now. Uh, it's because my dad went to grad school there. And, I mean, he wasn't an LSU fan before he went down there. And then he just, like, kind of, you know, loved it. So... I started watching with him. I don't even think he like pushed me to be an LSU fan. I think he he would just have the game on, and I would just sit and watch, and I would just be like, Dad, who are you rooting for? And he'd be like, well, LSU, the team in purple and yellow, purple and gold. Not purple and yellow. I'm mad at myself I said that. Purple and gold, <laughs> baby. Yeah, those are good colors. Yeah. They are in college football, that's for sure. Hey, Jay Jettas kept purple <laughs> and gold all the way through. It's working out well for him, huh? It absolutely is. And, uh... Yeah, so then I just started watching him with him. Uh, I think 07 was the first season I really watched. I remember I remember the first game I got really upset about was losing to Arkansas because it was like a double overtime game, and Darren McFadden just put up like 250 on us and was just running all over the place. And I was like, that's it. We're not making the, we're not making the title. At least that's what my dad was telling me. I was like seven, so I didn't really, couldn't really comprehend a playoff picture. Yeah. So you just be like, no, Henry, we're not going to the title game now. We gotta, we'll get a good bowl game, um, and we were ten and two, which is still a really good season. And then for some reason, I think it was like Iowa State or West Virginia, or I think it might have been Iowa State beat West Virginia. It was something like that. West Virginia was two, I believe, and we were three, and and we got to number two. So then we played Ohio State in the championship game, and we are the only two lost, two lost team to ever win the title. And at the time, there was a lot of controversy because people were like, there are two losses they shouldn't be in. And then, you know, we beat the doors off of Ohio State, and everyone's like, yeah, well, maybe they deserved it. (laughs) They might be the best team in the nation. Okay, we'll allow that. But that's also the beauty of college football is, like, you can't have two losses. You can have one. Unless you're LSU. Unless you're LSU. (laughs) Then you can have two losses. You can have one. You can't have two and expect to get to a a title game. So that that was crazy there. But yeah, man. So I've been a I've been a pretty big fan ever since. Went to a game in Baton Rouge when I was thirteen, I believe. Awesome experience. Death Valley is so sick. And yeah, I just love the pregame, the pregame hype and anticipation, especially for a big matchup. Because you 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 have that. You got to walk the line because you can't lose games. It's just the it's just knowing that like your season is on the line essentially, just about every game you play. Right. That's the beauty of college football. 
I know you're a big FAU guy. Absolutely, dude. Florida Atlantic for the win. Uh, really weird school to be a fan of, especially since, you know, yeah. we're here in Minnesota. It's a weird... Unless <laughs> you go to FAU or, like, an alum. It's not a school that most people root for. No, and they're they're a group of five, and they're not even like they're not even like a Cincinnati or a UCF where like, you know, they command powerhouse. a lot. Yeah, like a powerhouse in, in the G five. Yeah. Um, so my story with FAU is a little weird. In the summer, going into ninth grade, my dad took me to a football camp in Rice Lake, Wisconsin, and it was led by Jeff Tricky, who was like, he was an NFL quarterbacks coach and whatnot. And he ran it with. Uh, Randy Wright, I think it was, who okay. he was a he was a quarterback for the Packers for like two years. He kind of fizzled out in the NFL, but he was also a Badgers quarterback who's like pretty well known. And then he coached quarterbacks in the NFL for a little while. So they ran a camp. They'd go around the nation and like running camps and whatnot. And they split us up into groups of like age and whatnot. Sure. And the sophomore group was really light, and the freshman group was really big that summer. So they took, like, some of the top freshmen and put them in the sophomore group just to even out the numbers and whatnot. Yeah. So I got tossed in the sophomore group, and my group leader was Danny Embick, who is a former FAU. Wow. He's a former former quarterback for FAU, right? Okay. And I was like, okay, this guy's pretty cool. You know, he's a really fun guy. Mm-hmm. I had a ton of fun. I thought it was super cool that I was, you know, talking to a guy who played Division One football. Yeah. Even if the owls aren't that great. Yeah. <laughs> admittedly. Um. He also had a really weird story, too. He was originally a West Virginia wide receiver commit. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, ah, I'd rather just play quarterback. I'm not going I'm not going pro anyway. Yeah. So I might as well transfer to a smaller school and actually start. So he transferred to FAU, and he played for like a year or two there. And then after that, I was like, all right, I'm going to Google this FAU place. I've never heard of it. Yeah. So I got really into it. You know, the owls. It's yeah. not that cool of a mascot. It kind of started like, off as like a meme, I feel like. It did. It did. I was like, all right, whatever. And I mean... There's no surprise that both of our both of us are big NCAA 14 guys, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, screw it. I'll start a start a dynasty with the owls. Yeah. And I was like, all right, the color scheme is pretty cool. The red and blue, and like their slogan is "Winning in Paradise" because you know they're right on Boca Raton. Yeah, Boca Raton's right on the beach. So yeah, it's like, beautiful. I've heard. Yeah, it's awesome. So like, that's really cool. And I, was, I just I just got bought in at that point, and now I'm like, all right, whatever. And then Lane Kiffin signed a contract with FAU to be their coach for a few years, and he started, like, kind of to put him on the map. Mm-hmm. And they won, like, two or three CUS- CUSA titles with him. Yep. So that personal experience led me to be an Owls fan. So if you're, like, a fringe D1 guy, which means, like, I mean, obviously there's players in FCS that would kill it in the Power 5, but sometimes they just don't get the exposure. Right. And, like, looks that, like, other prospects get. So, you know, a lot of people, like, whatever slip through the cracks and make it down to a group of five and then just dominate and become phenomenal nfl players like happens all the time oh yeah so like if you're like a fringe d1 guy i feel like fau would be a huge selling point like just be like dude like once you tour the place you can be like if i was a coach i would just be like look at this view you're on a beach yeah after practice hit the beach yeah like i mean go sit go sit that campus that campus has to just sell itself Right. Like, if you're looking at a different group of five schools, I'd be like, man, it'd be tough to turn it on that place. I feel like no. once you go and see it, I'd be like, dude, this is gorgeous. Yeah, exactly. And, like, they've been better recently than they had, like, the most of their, like, entire, you know, entirety of being in D1. So, like, yeah, there's, like, a little bit of program tradition now with winning a few CUSA titles recently. Yeah, they're definitely not the doormat. 
No, they definitely aren't. They were kind of a doormat like 10 years ago, but Lane Kiffin brought them on the, like, put them on the map a little bit, brought in a bunch of guys that, they called it like the second chance U for a while. Oh, really? You know, because after last chance U, he pulled in a few guys from last chance U. Oh, right. Yeah. And then he also that pulled in, true, a, yeah. he pulled in a coach from last chance U. He pulled in the quarterback's coach, and he then he brought him in as the tight end coach at FAU, who actually just got an OC job somewhere. I did hear that, yeah. Yeah, Clint Trinket got an OC job somewhere, and now I can't remember where it is. I don't but, know either. I think it's in the Big 12. It could be. I could be making shit up. I don't know. It could be also like a group of five job. I have no idea. I did see that he also yeah. got an OC job. But, dude, I just I can't even tell you. Like, Saturdays, looking up. Waking up in the morning, running downstairs, just all hyped up to watch like LSU Florida or LSU Bama or LSU Auburn, and just turning on college game day at 8 a.m. I'd get up at 8 a.m. because that's when it started. It'd be from 8 a.m. to like 11, 11:30, and I would just sit down on the couch and watch the entire thing. And my dad hated that stuff. He's not a hype guy. He gets too like anxious. <laughs> he's a guy that'll walk in like as the ball's getting kicked off. Like he's not gonna sit down for the okay. pregame talk. He doesn't like all that. He's like, it just gets me worked up. No Just bullshit. gets me worked up. No, he's just here <laughs> for the game. Like, anytime there's a timeout, he's out of the room. He's pacing. Yep. Halftime, pacing, doing something. Because <laughs> he gets so anxious. <laughs> He'll never say it either. He's like, like, he plays it so cool. Except for, like, his mannerisms change. But I'll always be like, I just remember being a kid and we'd be, like, losing at points in games. I'd be like, Dad, I don't know. He's like, do you think we can win this? It'd be like third quarter. He'd be like, oh, we got it. We got it. Sure enough, we'd pull it out on top. <laughs> Sometimes we didn't. Yeah, man, just like watching college game day and all that stuff. It was so cool with Lee Corso and Herbie. Corso putting on the headgear for each pick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was so awesome. I, I just love that stuff. Are there any, like, teams off the top? Okay, so, like, FAU, now that you're, like, a fan – and maybe not just for, like, FAU in general, but, like, it's pretty common with just about everyone who's not a Bama fan, unless you're a bandwagon. Everyone hates Bama. Yep. I mean, most people hate Ohio State. Most people hate, you know, so on and so forth. Like, USC when they were really good. <laughs> Florida in the uh, mid-2000s when they had Tebow and stuff. Is there, like, any teams that, like, jump to your head? Either that FAU plays or, like, anyone in general that just, like, you just hate. I hate Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. I absolutely hate Georgia Tech. Oh, because of, yeah. Because of NCAA 14, I hate Georgia Tech, dude. <laughs> dude, they're so good in that game. I was actually playing that last night when I was at, because well, I told you I'm the yeah. OC at Pitt. Georgia Tech was number two in the country. Yeah. In 2014. I was like, dude, shut up. Why, did they, why does NCAA, in that game, they love Georgia Tech? It's because the CPU struggles with reading the option. That's got to be it. It's what it is. It's because that's why like all the military academies are also really good. That's true. Like yeah. Army and Air Force. Air Force is like top fifteen lock every season, no matter what team they put out there. Oh yeah, no, constantly. It's so annoying. They could have like eighty twos across the board, and they're still taking Bama down every time. I've always had this thought, and um. I know I've heard it from other people, too, like Barrett Salee mentioned this once. He's like a CBS writer. I follow him for college football. He pitched a really, really good idea for, like, Vanderbilt. Run the triple option. Oh, yeah. I've heard stuff about this, he too. Was, he is all for it, and I, I'm with him, too. Vanderbilt is at a disadvantage in every way, shape, and form. Recruiting, you know, they have a very high academic standard. They don't have the prestige 
if you're going to do something, like don't try to go with the flow. Go go outside. Oh, yeah. Make it a triple option so teams actually have to prepare for you. You know, they can't just like blow you over because like yeah, every team is going to walk right onto that field and they're just going to out-talent Vanderbilt. It doesn't matter <laughs> what they do. They're just going to out-talent them. Yeah. Run a triple option. You're going to control the ball, control the game clock, and teams are actually going to have to practice for you. Right. You're never going to be able to pull in the four and five star recruits. That's just not going to happen. No, you might pull one. You might pull like a four star in here and there, but you're not bringing any of the high ticket guys. Even the boys, even the boys in Nashville aren't going to Vanderbilt. No, they'd rather go to UT or like go down to Bama or exactly. Miss. Do something different. You know they're skipping out on Kentucky though. You'd be surprised, dude. I don't Kentucky's know, dude. Kentucky's solid. Mark Stoops has the best job in the country because he doesn't have to compete for national championships, and Kentucky's a-okay with that. Kentucky is a-okay going 8-5, and 9-4 each year. Yeah. Yeah, they, well, it's because they the, they're, ba- they're a basketball school. Well, yeah, that, and, like, they don't, their fans are content with just, like, springing an upset once a year and just being solid. <laughs> And that's what they are. Like the past like five or six years, like they've been they've been solid. I mean, two years ago they competed for the SEC East, and Georgia ended up. It was like a it was like whoever won the game was going to go to the SEC East championship game between Georgia and Kentucky, and Georgia won like thirty one to ten. But like, it's not like Kentucky hasn't been there. Stoops is a really good head coach. I'm surprised he hasn't left yet, but I also get it because he gets paid a lot of money and he doesn't have the pressure to win a Natty. It's, it's interesting how, like, family lineage works in college football and just, dude, like, football in general. how much your name gets you. I know. And I mean, they, I, they even in the NFL, their, too. They, yeah. Like, they also, I mean, they definitely have, the you know, the know-how and whatnot. But, like, yeah. also, there's a, there's a bunch of people that know what they're doing. It's just how do they get their foot in the door. And having the right name will definitely get your foot in the door. Absolutely. But, no, college football is, dude, it's, it's so much fun. I just – I love it, man. It's great. No, it is – amazing and we have something coming up here in the spring that the college football committee will be talking about so one free transfer to every player is something that has been talked about quite a bit and they were supposed to vote on it last year in the spring but it got tabled and it's due to come up here again this spring how do you feel about that well during the pandemic this year it was given everyone got one free transfer if they wanted it yep I, I don't know why you <clears throat> I don't know why you wouldn't give it to the student athlete. Like these kids are like 18, 19 making like career life decisions. Like if they go to a place and they weren't sold or how about you're sold on this head coach? Oh, I'm going to sign here. I signed my letter of intent. The school didn't want their the school didn't want their recruiting class to fall apart. These kids sign next week, head coach is fired. Why shouldn't I get a free pass? For a commitment that I made that the school can't keep up. That doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm all aboard this. And I think... I, I wouldn't even be like mad if they had a like a two transfer rule. Like you get two free passes. I don't know if it should be like a free agency type deal. Because like I, that might just get wild. Yeah. That I, don't, I don't know if that's crazy. how that should work. And I don't know if that's like that great for college students either to have i i don't know i mean i'm not gonna sit here and be like they shouldn't be able to do this or that like who am i to say anything but i'm all for the one free pass these kids are young they're 18 and like even 
even for someone who is like a junior or sophomore or like a redshirt sophomore, redshirt junior, you've been there for three years, four years, like you need to know, like, I'm not going to get playing time. I'm trying to get to the NFL or I'm just trying to play football. Like this is what I want to do in in my collegiate career. Why shouldn't I have the opportunity to do this? Exactly. Like you don't know, especially at a bigger school, you don't know, like you go in as a three-star whatever as Mm -hmm. a receiver and then the next year they pull in a five-star. Yeah. And there's your spot right away. You never see the field. Well, yeah. You don't want to just ride the pine. You want to go play at a different school. Like, yeah. why punish them? No, exactly. And I just, I don't know why it wasn't a thing in the first place. It's worked out fine. And I know, like, head coaches were worried. They're like, well, we're going to have to re-recruit our players. And it's like, like, you want them to play there. You have to do it when people are juniors, when they played their three years and they're looking to go to the NFL. That's why Nick Saban is so good because he gets guys that are probably going to be second or third round picks or fourth round picks. Hey guys, come back. I can make you a first round pick. You have the talent. Let's put in the work. Let's get a natty. Yeah, let's, let's get you in the first round title. And then they come back. Like it's 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 constantly it's what you signed up for as a head coach. Yeah, it might be frustrating, but these kids are 18, 19 years old. They should be able to choose. Yeah. Hey, I don't like you here. It's not what I thought it was going to be. I want to be closer to home. So on and so forth. Give them that free pass. Right. Some of these kids are going across the country. Like, Absolutely. especially these, like, Hawaii prospects. Yeah. They go to, like, if they go to Bama, like, Tua did. Yeah. You're so far from home. I actually thought about that today because I saw a tweet and it was talking about, because Bama recently got a five-star kid to commit and they went over the last three five-stars they got and it showed Tua and he's from Hawaii. And I, like, never even grasped that. I was like, this kid went from a high school in Hawaii and flew all the way across the country and went to Alabama. Yeah. Like, that is so far from home. Like, any school in the States would have been far from home. I also wonder how hard how hard Hawaii recruited him. Because I think Hawaii was in the mix. Probably pretty hard. Especially, you don't have that many people to look at in Hawaii. Yeah. So, like, when you got a gem like Tua, I'm guessing, to I'm guessing Hawaii was, and I'm sure Hawaii was, like, legitimately in the mix for him. Because, like, hometown hero... Oh yeah, that's I mean, a he big thing it. in college too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, I'm I'm all for the one free pass, and it sounds like you are too. I just don't see, I don't see the downside for it. They made the transfer portal too, and it's worked really well. Exactly. It's for it's players and coaches. Players, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I also think it would, and like this is coming from like a, I want to see more variety in like bigger bowl games and whatnot, but like not punishing kids for trying to go to a different school and play football like you might see some better teams like you know like the no names out of the power five that like are doormats or like some teams in the group of five they're gonna pick up a few like decent players you know they might be a little more competitive and then they're more fun to watch it could spread out talent a little bit too yeah um which would be a big thing too because i know there's been a disparity in talent for in college football because it's like the top five or six teams are pulling in 60% 60% of the top 100 players. Oh, yeah. So it's like the rich are getting richer. So I don't, I don't think that would hurt that either. No, I just think it'd make the sport more fun, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the transfer portal is such a good thing. It helps kids go, you know, like, find places where they're actually going to fit in and have a spot. And giving them one free pass means they can actually use that spot and play. You know, getting kids that are going to ride the pine for four years that are yeah. actually really good athletes and going to play somewhere for four years, yeah. that's going to help them out in the long run. Got LSU Joe Burrow. Yeah, no kidding. Look what it did for him. Yeah, he didn't suffer. No. 
Definitely did not I suffer. I would say I would say he did not. Now, another thing that's coming up this spring, Henry, is yep. uh, Congress is tabled to talk about player like. So players being able to be paid for like, let's say the new college football game, if their likeness is used, they'd be paid for it. I think it's part of jersey sales and whatnot, but at the end of the day, it's these players get money for the revenue that they bring in to their colleges. And I know Congress was to talk about it last year too, but with the pandemic, they tabled it again. It's so a this, really wishy-washy thing. Is this federally? I think it is federally. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, because if this is state-by-state legislation, legislation, it's going to be weird because obviously there's 50 states and there's so many different colleges in each state. Talk about a recruiting advantage too, where if you're in California, and I know they're really progressive with it, you could be like, if you're a USC, you'd be like, hey, you know, in Alabama, you can't make money off of your own name, but you come to California, you can make money on the side by oh, yeah. doing promotions and doing ad reads and going and doing promotional events at local places. So yeah. Like you want an extra five grand, it's like, that's probably what you could make. It's Honestly. Like, well, that wouldn't hurt. Yeah. And I mean, these schools in the NCAA benefit so much off of the players. Oh, so much. Like, it's a it, that's how they make money. It's not off of coaches. It's not off of, you know, like, yeah, Nick Saban. You're, uh, Nick Saban isn't selling tickets, right? No. No one goes to the game and it's like, man, I want to watch Nick Saban coach. It's like, no, I want to no. see Tua sling it. Yeah, exactly. I want to see Joe Burrow sling it. I want to see Mac Jones sling it. That was a weird example. That was a really weird example. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know if anyone said that. No, no shade at the guy, but... I haven't heard anyone say that. I want to see Trevor Lawrence sling it. You know, Absolutely. I want to see Najee Harris hurdle a guy. No, Trevor Lawrence has been a household name for like three years Do now. You know how much money that dude could have made? So much. And like, this isn't about just getting rich in college. It's like some of these guys can't make a living. Like they're yeah, you know, you get living like out a, of their cars. No, and just trying like, to make it work. I know in in Division One, you get a stipend for like, I think it's like an eight hundred dollar. I think it's somewhere around. It's not a lot of money. They give you like I'm pretty sure you get a stipend monthly, and it's like okay, this is gonna cover your rent and here's extra money for like groceries and stuff like that. And then like once you're out of that, you kind of gotta figure it out. And and I don't want to act like, I mean I don't know I don't know the situations. I know when you go to a big school like LSU, Michigan, Clemson, Alabama, so on and so forth, these guys are getting taken care of. Like you're getting top end food right. in the cafeteria, nutritionists. You're getting the best this and that, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't not be paid what you're worth. Like that's what capitalism is. That's what the foundation of our country is. Yeah. Like does that No, it makes perfect sense. It like, makes perfect sense. These like, guys I don't know these guys shouldn't be just working for someone else and not benefiting, benefiting at reaping all. the rewards. Exactly. Like you guys are the ones going out there playing every day. I don't know who said this, but someone had a famous quote and they were like Talking about how, like, ah, oh, student-athletes shouldn't be paid because it's not fair. It's like, well, I don't see the library bringing in $10 million a year. Yeah, it's definitely not. Nope. <laughs> it's not. It's not. At the end of the day, that's what it is. Uh, but branching off of this, Notre Dame has already said that they don't want to be in the new college football game until player likeness is allowed and, like, their players can be paid. Um, so they're refusing to sign the deal with, I forget exactly what um, committee it is, but... The one that's working with all the colleges and the and uh, the NCAA to br- like bridge the gap between EA and them and you know make it happen, yeah. but they're saying no. And Northwestern is also expressing similar feelings, but I don't think they've 
outright refused it like Notre Dame has, but I know that they feel very similarly. Yeah, I I don't I don't think that means that they're like anti, you know, players getting paid. I think it means that they're pro. Like they're not That's, going yeah, to. Yeah, they're pro. They they don't want their players to be used or anything their name without. Yeah, definitely a very progressive stance for sure. Um, it sounds like if a deal's not done with this new. I don't know, because it sounds like the college football game is coming out. It's no. coming out no matter what, yeah. Okay, so Notre Dame would just be off of the game. Um, I'm not going to lose sleep over that. I've never I'm sure some Notre Dame them. fans are going to, but they're taking a stance for the players, and you got to like that. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and by the time the game comes out, there's a chance that player likeness has been passed and, like, yeah, it's no, all definitely. good. There's yeah. a pretty good chance, too, because it doesn't sound like this game's coming out until, like, 2020. 223 like the earliest yeah so we have some time here but it's something to keep an eye on i have heard that over 100 teams have already signed on to be on the game so it's yeah. pretty gung-ho like i ready. also i don't know if ea is gonna be making the game though i'm pretty sure it's their game are you sure i thought i thought i saw something where it's just gonna be like college football i don't know maybe i was yeah i think it's up. ea college football Okay. It's not gonna be called NCAA football. Oh, that's that EA might be that's might be what I was thinking of. Okay, interesting. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of dude. The thing about talking about this is like we're not experts and we're just trying to like tell you what's up. But it's there's just a lot of like logistics and a lot of stuff that I don't know a lot about. No, that go well, into this. That and when Congress talks about this and you know they do their whole thing. When Congress talks about anything, I'm just like I don't know how this works. Yeah, and. They're they're gonna change so many things, and there's gonna be so many rules. They're probably gonna change the name of it and whatnot. So it's probably not gonna be player likeness or like what is the NIL or NLI something something like that that's going into play right now. Yeah, name, image, likeness. I mean, yeah, it's like something NIL. like that. But by the time that it gets there and gets you know through and whatnot, it could be something completely different. It probably but will be. I would assume so. I would assume there's gonna be very strict rules on it, what you can and can't do. Yeah. But we're just trying to talk about it because it's a big thing. It's a great game. These players deserve a lot. And it's just good to be aware of what's going on, even if you don't know exactly what's happening. Because obviously, that's what we're saying it right now. We're not experts, but yeah. we know a little bit. And we have some pretty strong feelings about how these uh, guys should be compensated for yeah, their work. Yeah, and I don't want to... I mean, you mentioned it earlier. I don't, th Dude, I don't think these guys are going to be making just like a shitload of money. No. I don't think they're going to be making that much, but it's going to be like, it's going to be something at the very least. And I also don't think this is going to drastically change how high school players coming out of college. Like, I don't think this is going to be a situation where it's like, well, everyone's just going to go to Bama now. It's like, I don't think that's how that's going to work. I mean, they I only think, have X amount of roster spots. I know. I was going to say, I, I think this is still going to be what you see in recruiting. I don't think it's going to like make the playing field even harder for you know the middle to lower tier teams i think it's just going to be like just another thing in it like i don't i don't think it's going to change that much in recruiting a way for these guys to just be compensated for yeah. you know living their life and it's a full-time job being an athlete i know and for the, these being, guys it's like all they do yeah and it's being good at what they're good at and they should get paid for it absolutely so henry yep the best of the best in division one fcs finally lost they did 39 games that's Snap it. Impressive. It's gone. NDSU's winning streak ended this past week at 39 games. That's a long streak, dude. Insane. That's like over three seasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So they lost to Southern Illinois University, thirty-eight to fourteen. I mean, they got it was thirty-eight. It was thirty-one to seven in like the fourth quarter. I think like, it was bad. Okay, it was so yeah, not, not great. No, it was not close at all. Can't say I'm a uh, well versed in the NDSU roster or SIU roster, but yeah, I'm not either. But I'm the guessing... only thing I can say is like, dude. That's impressive. I and I saw this and I was like, "There's no way we can't talk, can't like not talk about it. We have to." That's it. That's so impressive. I think it's awesome. FCS is getting their own spotlight on their season, oh, right? Because yeah. normally they're in the fall with Power Five, but now because of the pandemic, they I don't know the logistics that they didn't have the funds or whatever. They tabled their season and it's like we'll play it in the str- in the spring. I don't know if that's going to be a for sure thing. Like moving forward, I don't think it is because like I think it's just a one spring practice thing. and like you know FCS schools play Power Five a lot, so I think it is just a one year thing. But hey, it's FCS it gets... and New Mexico State. Yes, New Mexico State decided they're going to play with FCS this year. I did. I did know that. Yep, because they're independent and they were like, all <laughs> yeah. right, we might as well play with these guys because yeah. you know we're FBS. We could kind of be the big dogs for once. <laughs> no, but like. Give them a spotlight, you know what I mean? That's awesome. Absolutely, yeah. Hey, if they want if they want to have a 10-2 and two season or, like, go undefeated, this is the only time it's going to happen. I know. How bad would you feel if you were on that team that just snapped a 39-game win streak? You're like, man, where are those guys? <laughs> That's not a great one to look at, but also, if they win your the quarterback natty. left early, he's going to be a first-round pick. Yeah. Their left tackle, Dylan Raddins, also left. So they're on their second-string quarterback and their second-string left tackle. Like, those are two pretty big positions on the offense. Yeah, they are. I'm not going to say – I mean, they've known this is going to be a thing for a while, too. Right. But you're right. They did leave early. It's just – I mean, that's tough. Yeah, it, it is tough. And yeah. I'm surprised it didn't – like – I don't know anything about NDSU, but I just kind of figured that when they lost, it'd be like a missed field goal at the end of the game, or like, you know, OT not getting... Yeah, not just getting absolutely just doors blown off. Yeah, but that's what this was. Pound town. I mean, not like I can say anything, because like, if NDSU played FAU, there's a a decent chance NDSU wins that game. That's why I was so excited for that NDSU-Oregon game. Earlier oh, yeah. this year, before the pandemic hit. Yep. Week two, I think it was. It was either week one or week two. Yeah. Well, everyone you was know? excited because everyone wanted to see how Trey Lance would fare against Not like, only that, but like, I, I actually thought NDSU had a chance to... I think Oregon would have won, but I mean, like... Probably would have been close. No one wants to play NDSU. Power five teams won't do it. No. It makes sense because they'll beat you. I know. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's crazy, man. Shout out SIU. Big dub. They might be good this year. I would assume so. If you beat NDSU by that much, you're probably really good. Yeah, I would say so. But um, to wrap things up, our boy J.J. Watt, it's official. He's a Cardinal. Did you not say that you wanted to go to the Cardinals last week? No, I don't remember, to I'm be pretty sure that you were like, yeah, I, I, think, I think you should go to the Cardinals. Or like you that your place was I mean, the they Cardinals. have a lot of cap space, so I was not... Well, that, and I mean, he could reunite with Nuke. I mean, obviously, different sides of the ball, but like... I think I might have mentioned that, yeah. We'll have to listen back. I think, yeah, I think I'm I pretty sure you said it, so... I'll give Fortune you teller? Love. So what are we? So what, um, this mine this one just might be a me thing, Justin. Okay, so we are doctors. We are doctors, yeah. GMs. Coaches, master negotiators. Master negotiators. Yep. Fortune tellers. Yeah. 
Oh, well, wait, we're agents. We're agents. Agents, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, yeah, I know. We're definitely force charged because you got this one, and I got the Washington football team beating the Steelers this year. Did happen. Yeah, it did. I called it. I'm I'm not going to let anyone forget that either. Just remember, I called that. Um, Oh, side note, I didn't even put this in the docket, but do you see Alex Smith's getting cut by the football team? I saw he was expecting it. Yeah, he'll be cut. I don't think that's the worst idea because I think he's going to go sign with the team and be like a... Like a mentor to a young quarterback, and I love that because yeah, he was a great mentor to Patrick Mahomes. Go so. to Jacksonville. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I think he should go to Jacksonville. Mentor T. Low. Exactly. I mean, you saw what it did for Patrick Mahomes. So, no, yeah, it'd be huge, dude. Yeah, Patrick and Mahomes talks I, I think, to him so highly too. Oh yeah, no, I know, and I think well, because Alex Smith is just like a great person, pros pro, obviously unbelievable warrior, fighting through that injury and coming back healthy. Um, but like. I don't know if he's like even looking to like. I th- I think it, him. Do you think he understands like he has to know where he's at in his career? Oh, and I, yeah. I don't think he's trying to make it as a starter anymore. No, I think I he mean, just wants to be a backup. Yeah, he he can do it as a backup. I'm sure the competitor year. in him wants to be a starter, but he's probably also like, you know, what he's gone through, where he's at in his career, age wise, like, you know, giving back to the game, giving back to, you know, mentoring quarterbacks is not it's not a bad role. No, I think he knows exactly where he's at he's just like you said a pro's pro dude he's just a good guy and i think he's going somewhere to make a difference for like a different player you know like yeah he's going somewhere to coach up a young guy and just be that good face in the locker room that positivity that every locker room needs i mean he's a hell of a leader too absolutely and not only that but you know how football is how football is any any play you can get injured Alex Smith would be a phenomenal backup too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he led the football team to the playoffs last year. Obviously, it was seven and nine in a really crappy yeah. division, but like, <laughs> yeah, that is true. He still rallied him at the end of the year. Very true. But um, back to that JJ Watt thing. So he signs with the Arizona Cardinal, two-year deal, thirty-one million, twenty-three million guaranteed. It's a big contract. I was gonna say, what are your first thoughts on this? I mean, like, I don't want to shit on the guy at all, but like, it's. He signed a big deal, and I I just don't know if he's going to play all the games for him. Because, like, that's one yeah, thing that J.J. is... he doesn't like, stay he's, healthy. He's, he's got he's issues with, with injuries. injury, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's only aging. So, like, I mean, obviously the Cardinals have the cap room to spend on him. They wouldn't spend it if they couldn't. Yeah. But, like, you also got to know that J.J. is probably going to play eight games for you. Yeah. Like, max a year. And, I mean, he's going to kill it in those eight games. Yeah, no, he's going to do great when he's on the field. But, like, also, I didn't, this doesn't push the Cardinals into... I'm not going to say they can't be Super Bowl contenders, but this doesn't, like, in my mind, put them, like, over the top. No, I don't think so Where either. it's not like... Because I, I don't think the Cardinals were one piece away. No. And I would have said the same thing about the Packers. If you went to the Packers, I would be like, yeah, it would have been nice. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, Definitely would have helped the team. But I just... I don't know, man. He he just hasn't shown it with his injuries, and it's not fault of his own. Like that's no. just how the sport goes, and he's only getting older. I hope I hope he kills it, but I don't know. I would have loved to see him go to the Bills just for the ring chasing. See, and that might have been a move where I'm like, okay, this can push him over the top. Yeah, because they needed another pass rusher, exactly. and then they needed someone that could you know run the ball effectively for him, and they could address running back in the draft, mm-hmm. and then have JJ as the pass rusher, and exactly. that would have made a ton of sense. Yeah, it would have made a ton of sense. Um, but I don't, I don't hate the signing. It's a lot of money. 
That's a lot of money. Apparently, he had more, too. He had better I'm offers sure on the did. table is what I heard. I'm guessing... The Jets? I, I was going to say, <laughs> are, are, they, are they teams that were probably not in contention? No, not even close. I'm surprised, though, for him. I don't know. I just felt like he could have gone to a better team. I think so, too. I don't, wanna, I don't know what the Bills offered or if the Packers even offered anything, but... I don't know. I mean, the Cardinals, they do have a lot of clout. they got they a lot do. going for them. They do. I mean, they're only getting better. They're a young team. True. Um, and I'm excited to what see what they're going to do running yeah. back. Yeah. It's another team that needs, like, a running back. Because Kenyon Drake just wasn't it last year. No. Aaron Jones? That'd be electric. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> I don't think I've said it yet this podcast. You haven't, no. But I think that's going to wrap it up, Henry. It's good talking college football. I miss it, dude. I wanted to come back. I'm just letting everyone know LSU's back next year. This is a fluke year. We're rebuilding. No, not rebuilding. Reloading. All right. We're back, baby. Go Tigers. Hey, right, so are you going to call a, an SEC championship right now? Or nah, are you... it's too early. Okay. It's too early. Okay. I'm buying into what we're seeing, though. New hires, great recruiting class, liking what I'm seeing, brought back juniors and seniors. They're giving me faith. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it, guys. Thanks for listening, and uh, look forward to a lot more college football stuff from us as well as offseason. Probably talk about the draft here sooner or later. Yep. Um, get into that. We're, no, we're not scouts, but... I can we, tell you what I think. We Yeah, we have some thoughts, so stay tuned. Thanks, guys. Peace.